0: tonight
1: here we're about ready to get an arctic front coming into kansas here over the next couple days what the heck's going on man i know it's still february and january i know that it's still the beginning of the year but come on man i mean i enjoy it i enjoy the cold weather but good golly i am gotta be honest gotta get my tan on got a lot going on this year what's up welcome in. happy saturday morning to you it is can just talk right here on wichita's big talker 1480 KQAM. i'm tired of glowing in the dark just throwing that out there Want to get a little bit of tan on here and it's hard to do and it's uh, i guess you can be out there i don't know if you get a tan or not if you're out in the sun in the middle of winter time boy do we have a show lined up for you today it is another weekend we are in the final weekend for the month of january hard to believe isn't it We've gone through this month so fast. 2023 is on a roll already, and so much has been done, both at the federal level and here at the statewide level in the state of Kansas, which is why we're going to open up the lines to you on everything that's going on. 316-721-8255, 316-721-TALK. If you want to join into the program, we would love to hear from you today. A lot of great guests, a lot of great stuff going on. If you missed it, yesterday's program as well with The Voice of Reason, highly recommend you go back and listen to that one on the podcast and some other Uh, specialties that we have for you that we'll get to in just a moment. Coming up on the show today for a Saturday morning, bottom of this hour, 9.30, we have State Representative Carrie Wiseman Barth from the 5th Congressional District. A lot of stuff going on with her. I want to get her thoughts on the legislative session, the State of the State address from Governor Laura Kelly that happened earlier this week as well, and some of the bills in there. Also, she has a battle that's ongoing in her district right now regarding some of the alternative green new energies windmills, solar panels taking up a lot of the space in her district is it good? Is it not good what's the latest going on in district number five for the state of Kansas so we have that coming up in hour number two something a little bit different. We have David Isay he is the founder of the organization and you may have heard this organization uh, called StoryCorps. As they record people's stories, life stories, talking about their life experiences, uh, they interview individuals, they interview each other. You can interview your family or friends or whoever, and they record these, and they put them in the uh, l- the Library of Congress for the archives to be able to keep. So, uh, you know, 100 years down the road, your great-great-great-great-grandkids can hear about your story or your family's story as well, and it's kind of a neat deal. They have a new program called One Small Step. Which is trying to get people from different political persuasions, different cultural persuasions, to sit down and chat with each other and have a conversation, trying to bring unity and harmony and people back together and realize that it's not just anger, angry, and bitter politics, but we can actually find some common ground and get along it together. So we talk with David Issa coming up. We'll do that at the top of hour number two. And. To wrap up the program at 10.30 uh, for the last little bit of the show, Davis Liquor Outlet back in studio with us to get the latest for some drinks. Obviously, if there's going to be a cold front coming in this weekend, we need to have the proper warm drinks to keep you roasty, toasty, warm inside your home. So all that coming up and a heck of a lot more right here on Candace Talking. of course, open lines to you at 316 721 8255 I it's hard to believe it's hard to think of where to start here with some of these pieces of legislation and I'll, and we'll tap the uh, mind of Kerry Barth coming up here at the bottom of the hour but there's two big bills that I thought kind of stuck out to me this week if I've been following and tracking some of these one of them I think is really good one of them I think is really stupid let's start off with the good one for a second uh and this has been I guess a big focal point in the state legislature this year when it comes to taxes and the budget. Governor Laura Kelly obviously presented her budget proposal a couple weeks ago, which (laughs) it's cute. That's thanks. You know, it's one of those you, you crumple it up and you say, thanks, we'll put it in the request bin. And you toss it into the trash because that's how ridiculously absurd her bill was. While she calls herself the fiscal conservative government. You can tell she's not fiscally conservative in any way, shape, or form. We have Medicaid expansion. We have a vast, uh, uh, again, investment, and I use that in air quotes, investment into public education. When we already are funding education properly, according to the standards that are made by the Kansas Supreme Court, after years of those battles, we are funding them properly, and yet the quality of education has not gone up in any way, shape, or form. Graduation rates aren't up. uh, The test scores aren't up. Quality has not increased at all. We talk a lot about that uh, issue, and for some reason, the other side of the aisle that's tied to the teachers' unions, that's tied to special interests regarding public education, that's really, I would say, in my humble opinion, probably the most powerful political organization in the state of Kansas, being the public education and the teachers' unions, uh, they're bought off and paid off by them, which is why this continues to be an issue year after year. After year, now we're sitting at near, what, $17,000, $19,000 per student to go through public education. And yet, that hasn't changed from when just, what, seven, eight years ago, we were sitting at $11,000 per student, which was record-breaking back then, and we haven't seen a difference between the two spending. So we toss away her budget, but there's a new bill regarding taxes, because for once in a very long time, and this is not because of the great policymaking of Governor Laura Kelly. Let's just be clear here. But for once in a very long time, we've had uh, a surplus in the state of Kansas. You want to know my opinion on that? I believe the surplus in of the revenue in the state of Kansas is due to the COVID-19 funding that's come into the state because of, well, the federal government had to get rid of it. They had to use it. And that's why we're sitting at a 100% cap of our GDP and hitting our debt ceiling at the federal level. But they handed out massive amounts of money to school districts, to cities, to counties, and to the states as a whole. And said, here you go. Well, what are we supposed to do with this? Do whatever you want to. Here's a few stipulations of what you can, but have at it. Do whatever you want. We already allotted the money from COVID-19 relief funding. That's, by the way, your taxpayer money. But we're going to just give it to you for you to do whatever you want to. Between that... And with revenue that's coming in from taxes, which is still record-breaking as well, probably due to the crazy anywhere between 65 to 9.5% inflation rates we see across the nation, uh, plus at the local levels on top of that, that that's not helping us with our pockets, but it is helping the state of Kansas and the government entity as a whole. Because if prices are more expensive, that means you're going to be paying more in taxes because the tax is on top of that inflation rate with the increased price of good. So we see record tax revenue at the federal level, we're seeing massive tax revenue at the state level, a massive surplus in tax revenue at the statewide level, and now the argument has begun on where the money goes. Republicans want to have at least a billion dollars set aside for an emergency rainy day fund, which I think is a wonderful idea. Guess what? We had that when Brownback left office too, and yet Democrats still didn't like what he did. So... <laughs> Governor Laura Kelly wants to try and apply it to whatever else she wants to do. And she wants to think that she's taking care of you by sending you just a one-time stimulus paycheck of like, here you go, here's the the surplus from it, a one-time hit for you, hopefully you enjoy it. But there's a new bill that's presented that's been fronted by the Candace Chamber of Commerce. Next week on the program, we're going to be having Alan Cobb from the Chamber of Commerce to talk about this bill. But it essentially creates a flat tax in the state, which I... Kind of pricked my ears up a little bit. What? We're actually talking about a flat tax? What? We don't get to do that very often. So the concept now would be a 5% flat tax across the board. And on top of the 5% flat tax across the board, uh, the first $15,000 that you make would not be taxable at all. Helping the low-income individuals, if you make $20,000, you're only paying 5% tax on $5,000 of that. You're not being paid... 5% Uh, 5% across the board. So while Democrats are still out there yelling, this is going to help the rich people and not the poor people, first off, that's stupid. Because, yeah, if you give a tax break to anybody, then guess what? Those who have more revenue coming in will see a better benefit from that, but it will be helping the low income as well. Second off, this would work perfectly in tandem with what we have a budget proposal or a, a tax proposal at the federal level that's been presented earlier this week regarding a fair tax. At the federal level, getting rid of the IRS, getting rid of federal income tax, and going to a 30% sales tax on goods and go straight fair tax. I think 30% may be a little high, but that's a good conversation starter piece, at least for the Republicans out of the House of Representatives who have officially uh, proposed that bill. Imagine, if you will, that we go to a system here in Kansas where we have at the federal level, you don't pay any more federal income tax, you go to a fair tax where you only pay on the consumption that you buy, so if you go to the store and buy lots of things because you have more money, then guess what? You're contributing more to the system. If you have limited income and you just need to buy a few things, then you're not paying nearly as much, but you're still contributing to the system, which is the problem that we have in this society right now, where we have a vast amount of individuals, largely on government programs and social programs, that are not contributing to the system at all, But yet being subsidized by you and I with our taxpayer money to give them the freebie handouts. And then when they purchase things with their EBT, then they don't have to pay any type of tax or contribute to society as, you know, as a way of appreciating the stuff that they're actually getting from the federal government, which turns from appreciation into entitlement. So imagine, if you will, we get rid of our federal income tax with only a fair tax of 30 percent or 25 percent or 20 percent or whatever it could potentially end up being. This is all theoretical, by the way, because the Senate's never going to approve this. But let's just assume for a second, shall we, that at the state level, we have a 5% flat tax across the board for your business, for your individual income, just 5%. No more tiered, which right now we have, what, three different tiers? We have like three-point-something, five-and-a-quarter, 5.78. Uh, it's ridiculous of our little 3 tiers system, and I don't quite Get it. So we're already close to the 5% already. We would just make it easy, 5% across the board. Very simple for everybody with your statewide taxes. And you're done. Boom. Now, the question is, Is would we get rid of the other sales taxes as well? While Democrats and Governor Laura Kelly are trying to take credit for all of this, they say, well, we're going to do the uh, get rid of the sales tax on food in the state of Kansas. Then we're going to get rid of the sales tax for at least a weekend in August for back-to-school supplies, but also for baby formula and baby supplies and feminine hygiene products as well. We're just going to get rid of all the taxes on those. Which then I ask where's the line being drawn on these? Why don't we just get rid of sales tax altogether? Or we do the same thing and go to a fair tax and get rid of the income tax and just do sales tax across the board and then just re-implement it on everything except for the food. I think food's still stupid on why you tax that at all. So there's a lot of different directions we can go here, but I love the we're gonna do that. We're gonna have a tax here, but we're not gonna have the tax uh, on this item over here because women and children are the most important. Screw the guys and all their hygiene stuff. You don't need that for your deodorant or for any of your. Pre- you don't need any of your stuff tax deductible because you guys are male and privileged in things. So we're gonna tax the hell out of you guys. But women, man, we're gonna get rid of the tax on that. Babies, we're gonna get the taxes off of that, and then of course the food, which is necessary. And I'm not saying it's bad to get rid of the taxes on those things. I'm just saying, okay, I, I see where the favorability is here. I get it. Totally cool. Your thoughts on these 316 721 316-721-TALK. It's fascinating how finally, finally, the system's beginning to shake up and now we're having ideas come out that have been talked about for years, but are actually being talked about a little bit more seriously, both at the federal level and the statewide level when it comes to taxes, with a flat tax here in Kansas of 5%, non-taxing the first $15,000 of your income, and at the federal level, a potential fair tax of getting rid of the IRS and income tax altogether. Again, it's a pipe dream at the federal level. It's not going to go through, at least right now, with Republicans only owning the House of Representatives, but at least they're talking about it. And I hope, as I've said before, I really, really hope that we can get uh, the Republicans to present it again if they get both chambers and or the presidency coming up in 2024. Let's go to the phones here, shall we? Line number one. Good morning. Who's this? Hey, Andy. Mr. Sean, how are you, sir?
2: You know, looking to the south, I can see the steam coming up off the Gulf of Mexico.
1: Mm. It's kind of nice, isn't it? I mean, I enjoy the cold. It's just uh, I think it's going to be a shock to some.
2: Well, Al Gore said that the oceans were boiling, and I was thinking about going to Maine and getting some of that boiled uh, lobster that's washing up on the beaches. And yeah,
1: you, you don't. Even, yeah, you don't even have to go to restaurants anymore. You just ride your boat out into the middle of the water. You got the uh, the crawfish. You have the the regular fish. You have the the lobsters and the. And the tuna, they're all just washing right up on shore. They're just floating right to the top. You don't even have to go fishing anymore because it's boiling because of climate change. So there's that.
2: Hey, you can just have a luau on the beach. Why uh, not? Beach. Yeah,
1: yeah. You just, yeah. What you need to do now is you just throw seasoning into the ocean and it pre-seasons it while it cooks.
2: Hey, that's a great idea. There you go. That is a idea. It's already got salt in it, so why not <laughs> add something else, some creole or whatever?
1: There you whatever.
2: go. <laughs> yes, if you like Cajun food. But That's,
1: right. Anyway. That's
2: right. Well, you know, I could uh, I could uh, comment on uh, that situation uh, over in Memphis, but uh, I'm willing to stick to the issues if you want, because uh, <clears throat> I do like talking about taxes, and I'm no economist, mind you, but I'm not ignorant either, so...
1: There you go. Well you so so what do you think? Five percent flat tax in Kansas, getting rid of the three tiered system that we have right now, and getting rid of the income tax at the federal level, doing a straight fair tax with consumption tax only, which is the way it used to be, by the way, before World War One and Two when we started imposing that for the government so they could fund their wars.
2: Well, there was a reason that the founding fathers didn't include a federal income tax. I mean, from crying out loud, we were being unjustly unfairly taxed by old King George, but uh you know, and the federal income tax they meant for a federal income tax to only be raised in the event we had to go to war, a, decret, a congressionally declared war at that. But uh, uh, and, and then it would automatically disappear after the uh, war was over. But you yeah, know, we see how that turned the, out. War, you know, you need money to uh, pay for uh, weapons and ammo. So, but uh, yeah, the. Uh, the federal income tax is an outrage. I mean, when, uh, I hate to say this because I don't like this heathen scum, but, uh, when, uh, when old Vlad Pukin, uh, when he imposed a, uh, 14% flat tax in, um, in, uh, Russia many years ago, uh, <clears throat> that ended people cheating on their taxes and the, uh, treasury started, uh, you know, get more money in there. So, um. Uh, uh, just from a 14% flat tax, which is something I brought up to Mike Pompeo on President's Day in uh, September of uh, 10 when I was uh, going to school at Friends as a poli-sci major. Uh, you know, he loved the question. Uh, I don't remember his answer, but we talked about it after because I got to meet with him uh, <clears throat> in the Davis building up there. But uh, anyway, yeah, you, you get rid of the uh, federal income tax, and just impose a, uh, you know, a, uh, a fair tax, a nation. I would call it a nationwide federal sales tax, on of say five percent on at first, say five percent on every item sold in the United States that costs five bucks or more. Well, now they're looking ready? at
1: the the proposal right now from Republicans for the fair tax would be a thirty percent sales tax on everything. Which may be a little excessive, but I think that that's a beginning start. Here's here's my theory on that. I oh, and Sean, I think we lost you there. You just kind of dropped off. But uh, my theory is that their plan is to start high, create the conversation, start the lunacy from the left, throwing their fit and saying, "All right, come to the table and let's negotiate." We dominate the conversation which we haven't done for a very long time as Republicans. We just kind of get walked all over at the federal level and sometimes at the state level as well with the media and the PR, the Democrats push out there about how bad we are. It's time for us to dominate the conversation. Start radical and then say, all right, come to the table and let's negotiate here. If you think that's too high because it's going to hurt low-income individuals, cool. Let's drop it to 10%, but it's on our terms and we're still doing a fair tax. I love that idea. I think that's cool. All right, we'll take a break here. we got lots more to get to. Another ridiculous bill we'll touch on briefly when we come back here as well our legislative update we'll get some more of that right around the corner here on kansas talk for a saturday right here on kqam stay here 28 minutes past the hour. Welcome back into Kansas Talk right here on Wichita's Big Talker, 1480 KQAM. Good morning to you for another Saturday morning moving through. I'm trying not to. It's been tough, but I'm trying not to get this whatever crazy is going around, this flu or this whatever. Uh, <laughs> there's been a few people out at the station here over the last week or so not feeling well. Had a couple meetings uh, canceled this week. Little voice of reason, Mrs. Voice of reason, all been under the weather. So I've been, trying, I've been doing really good so far, but it's just been like one of those that's like barely lingering right there and uh, making sure we're not going to get that. Hopefully you to especially with the cold front coming in tomorrow. Everybody stay safe, stay warm and stay healthy out there. Be popping those vitamins to make sure that. You are healthy. All right, got to take a break here in just a minute. When we come back, we'll have a State Representative Carrie Barth from District Number 5 uh, joining us on the program, first time on the show, and we'll look forward to chatting with her both for legislative issues and things going on in her district that are pretty fascinating, especially with the alternative energy uh, argument, windmills and, and the, the wind farms, that sort of thing that's going on in the state. Also, another bill that I kind of chuckle at a little bit, Democrats have presented a bill in the legislature regarding tired driving where you could get a 75 dollars fine if you're driving fatigued i'm curious on how you figure out if someone is fatigued or not i'm curious how you regulate something like that i don't know they want to make it as uh just one of those nice little tiny little things if they pull you over and oh you're tight you yawned 75 dollars fine there it is just like if you were driving on the left on the left lane And moving slow on that one. Got to make sure you're driving properly. You don't want to drive fatigued. If you have coffee, then does that mean that you're not tired anymore or that you're still tired? I'm curious on how you'd regulate that. Talk about that when we come back here on Candace Talk, right here on The Big Talker, KQAM. Stay here.
0: Wichita's number one conservative talk radio host. This is Kansas Talk with Andy Hoosier. All
1: right, it is. Welcome back into Kansas Talk right here on Wichita's Big Talker 1480 KQM. Good Saturday morning to you. Boy, moving right on through the morning. I'm still trying to rack my brain off of the bill from... One of the Democrat legislators in Topeka presenting the bill on finding people for fatigued or tired driving. How exactly does that work? I'm not, I'm not quite sure. I don't know. I mean, if you obviously if you see them swerving, you pull somebody over because they're not paying attention to driving, distracted driving, maybe under impairment in some way, shape, or form. I get that, but like, do you drive by and just like see someone with bags under the eyes, and be like, oh, they must be tired. We're gonna pull them over and find them seventy-five bucks. Like, how, how does that work? If you pull somebody over for just a random check for some reason, and then you uh, look at them and they have a cup of coffee in their hand, do you say, oh, they're not tired anymore because now they've had their coffee or they're drinking coffee because they're tired, so therefore the uh, fatigue driving means that we need to find you now as well? Is that uh, is that is the cup of coffee a saving grace or is that the guilty pleasure because you're tired? How would that work with the re- <laughs> regulating with uh, – The fatigued driving. Yes, that bill was officially presented in the state legislature, and I laugh. This is how Democrats love the micromanagement of your life. Welcome in. 316-721-8255. 316-721-TALK. Right around the corner in hour number two, we have Dave Isay. He is the founder of StoryCorps. As we talk about individual stories, we talk about coming together, unison, harmony, lovey-dovey, holding hands, singing kumbaya, because they have their new program under StoryCorps. Called One Small Step, trying to bring people of different political persuasions or cultural persuasions, uh, religious persuasions, whatever, to sit down together, find common ground, and show that there can be unity. Within humanity, which I love that idea because there's definitely a need for that nowadays with the uh, crazy division that we see in the world today. We'll get to all that a little bit later. Also, real quickly, just an FYI, if you missed the program yesterday, Mike Pompeo, former secretary of state and former congressman from right here in the state of Kansas in our district in district number four, where we hail from in the Wichita area that uh, we had him on the program yesterday if you missed it you can find the podcast of the show called the voice of reason with andy hoosier all right i want to get into some more legislative updates and some other things as well with a our next guest on the program really happy to have uh her on uh for the first time here on Candace talk she is state representative for district number five excited to have on the program carrie barth with us carrie how are you today
3: hey andy i'm great Thanks so much for having me
1: on. I, yeah, I'm excited to have you on. It is it's great to chat with you. What a first couple of weeks! I know you have some stuff going on in your district, and I want to get to that in a second. But I got to pick your brain on the legislative session. You guys have been nonstop since you guys got up there. We had the governor's state of the uh, state of the state speech uh, earlier this week, which was uh, fun because the entire time she essentially called for unity and harmony and working together and finding middle ground that's coming from the governor that signed more uh, vetoes in the last session than I think any governor in the last 30 years. So what, what was your thought on the state of the state?
3: Well, this was my first time in office, and so that was also my first state of state that sat there on the floor, and <clears throat> it was, I would describe it as fun. It was really interesting. You know, she said things like, hey, we fully funded schools. And then she came back and said, "We need to do better at funding schools." So it's interesting how that story gets told, and people hear, you know, a certain side, and then that's what they hear typically. And there's more to the story on all of those things. Uh, so it was interesting, and it is interesting to see how the interaction during that session of the say the state for both the Republicans and Democrats goes.
1: Yeah. Uh, Do you think that she is willing to work with Republicans, obviously having a supermajority in both chambers right now? uh, It's difficult to for her to get anything done unless she's wanting to work towards the middle. I mean, she calls herself fiscally conservative. Her budget proposal that she presented was uh, not necessarily the most fiscally conservative thing that we've seen. But do you think that she's actually willing to work with Republicans this year?
3: Well, I, I honestly think she's going to have to because we do have the supermajority in in the House um, where I sit, and then we have um, a majority in the Senate as well. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, you know, the budget is a big, huge concern. It is humongous. Um, it is a, it's a lot of money that, that we're looking at spending. And, you know, I think it's I'm on a budget committee myself, and there's a, it's a big increase even in that committee alone on just one single budget item
1: yeah uh the tax proposal that came out from the kansas chamber of commerce this week regarding the five percent flat tax uh good idea bad idea in your thoughts i I know that right now we're going into a surplus we're looking at trying to cut taxes and get money back into the hands of the public which is a fantastic idea Uh, i like the idea about a potential flat tax in the state simplifying the tax code uh does that have any traction do you think that we could move forward with this one
3: so as we're getting into the session here, we're all learning as well. And from what I know so far and what I've looked at to this extent, um, and there is a calculator that people can use as well to see where we'd put them, but it is a flat tax that would actually benefit the K- Kansans across the board. And I think that that's something that I heard when I was out door knocking all over the place this summer is that people are looking for relief. I know here locally where I live, and I live in Douglas County, uh, we received a pretty huge increase in our property valuations and our taxes went up greatly um, over what the you know inflation rate is. So it's a big concern and it's a big concern for all ages, um, including those that are retired who are on fixed income. So that's something that we're working towards that I think we will accomplish, you know, something. What that is, I'm not quite sure yet. You know, something else you mentioned about the state of the state that I just thought of as well is that about the food sales tax. That's something that the Democrats have brought up on multiple occasions. What I find interesting is that back in, I think it was two thousand nineteen, and uh, maybe I think that was the time frame, there actually Laura Governor Laura Kelly at the time vetoed a a sales tax reduction for food. So it's 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 coming back around. So now there's interest and they find that it's popular and so they're they're taking the lead on it and running with it as well with trying to change that to be enacted for now versus later.
1: Sure. Wow. Very interesting. We're talking about State Representative Carrie Barth from the 5th District of the State of Kansas. Real quickly, some of the bills I see, at least on... The legislative website that you've that you've worked with and sponsored has a lot to do regarding COVID-19, trying to put in some protections of the COVID-19 pandemic. We're seeing nationwide, they're saying cases are on the rise again. California's looking to try and lock things down again. China's still locked down with all their shenanigans and craziness going on. But some of the bills, I, I love that we're trying to put some of these protections in place regarding uh, prohibiting COVID-19 vaccination Uh, being mandated for children or uh, allowing hydroxychloroquine, other opportunities other than just the vaccine being available here in the state of Kansas. It's wild. We're three years into this. Supposedly, according to the Biden administration, the pandemic was over like a year ago, but we still have to worry about these issues. That's kind of strange to me.
3: It's a big reason why I ran. So first and foremost, I ran because I wanted to be able to protect my kids and represent them in a voice that I didn't feel like was being heard. our freedoms have been taken away left and right. And people making decisions for us that are medical decisions, a one size fits all, is not okay. Um, It's something that really has bothered me. I come from a benefits and insurance and healthcare background where I have represented everything from primary care all the way through to all types of surgeries, everything except for emergency care. And we use a lot of risk stratification of data things from Johns Hopkins' ACG reporting that takes data and looks at the risk. And we ignored facts. We ignored data. And there was agenda push that really harmed a lot of people. And I really do believe through proper care and early treatment and things of that nature, people could have avoided death. My children did not – I have two daughters. They did not get to have much of a high school. Both of them were in high school, and both of them have only had one year of normal school.
4: Wow. Not okay.
3: I begged basically in school board meetings and that's one of the reasons why I went to the state level because the county was not doing the right thing. We have a huge issue with the Department of Health. Um, I actually did a tour with the Kansas Department of Health and there's, as I said, on the committee with Health and Human Services as well as the Social Services Budget which oversees these areas and really just wanted to know who the folks are, who the players are, so I know who to go to when I have questions and what we can do on our end It's amazing how much data we have at our fingertips that has gone untapped, and I look forward to seeing what myself and my fellow House of Representatives can do with that because we have several medical professionals and veterinarians that are new to the legislation that all come with a conservative voice as well so i'm really excited for what we're going
1: to do yeah we'll keep up that fight it is such a big one i'm glad people are starting to pay attention to this issue i love the kansas for health freedom uh, health freedom for humanity uh, i was able to uh, uh, help MC a couple of their rallies during the pandemic up in topeka trying to fight some of the covid restrictions and having just basic health freedom the crazy part is we know the demographic that covid predominantly hits and yet we're trying to do these blanket regulations at the government level and it's it's very bothersome for health decisions onto individuals. So keep up that fight. I think it's a vastly important issue and I'm glad you are. I want to talk about the uh, bringing into your the local district that you represent up there in district number 5. Uh this alternative energy thing which Kansas is known for. We have a lot of wind farms around the state of Kansas. The wind energy is a big thing. We're one of the bigger exporters of wind energy outside of the state uh, compared to other states across the nation. So it's an interesting uh obviously industry. It's a big industry here in Kansas. But they're pushing it a little bit too far in some areas what's going up in what's going on up in your district right now?
3: Uh, so one of the things that's a little bit unique is that not everybody represents multiple counties and my district has four counties that includes Douglas County, Franklin County, Miami County and a portion of Southwest Johnson County mm. And what's happening it started in Douglas County where we started to hear talks of these contracts being signed with property owners in rural Douglas County to have wind turbines on their property. And these contracts are with Nextera Energy. And we started to learn that the folks that did not want to have these contracts signed and um, they were being told lies, often told that their neighbor, hey, you got to sign, they just signed. And they go talk to their neighbor and find out that that's not the case. So we learned early on that this is a game that they play. And we are a very populated county. We are the top, we're the, we're the fifth largest county in the state, Douglas County is, and we're one of the smaller counties geographically as well. So our rural, I like to say, is not so rural. We have a lot of population, even though we have a lot of agriculture uh, in our area from farming of land to horses, cattle, hogs, sheep, goats all throughout the county, and there's a lot of concerns about being able to protect the residents and ensure their individual rights and freedoms when these wind turbines that are now about 600, I think it's 600 feet or so tall, and we're talking about some of these are massive, giant, commercial, industrial wind turbines. They're not farms. Uh, They actually reduce the air. There's a study that came out of KU that spells that out. There's just so many questions that the residents are asking and not finding answers to, and It's a huge concern for our area, and it's also now spread into Franklin County. So now Franklin County is starting to fight against these wind turbines and the potential effects that they're worried about as well.
1: It's concerning, as you mentioned, not only trying to take over a lot of the agricultural land, which is diminishing not just in the state of Kansas but nationwide, but in populated areas, like you said, it's rural, but it's not rural. And if it's largely populated like that, I mean, what are they trying to do? Put these windmills just in, like, someone's backyard? Are are they trying to just buy off an entire plot of land and make a massive field of wind farms? What are they doing here?
3: Well, the the amount of space that they have is really – Not as great as you would see in parts of Kansas where maybe it makes a little bit more sense. I can't speak to those counties specifically on what the effects were to the residents there, but here it affects a lot of people. Uh, they They will be visible to lots of people because of the height that they are. And right now the Douglas County Planning Commission, and this has been ordered by the Douglas County Commissioners, is that we update the wind regulations. As if they're coming, no matter what, and that is a huge concern for the folks in my district that I represent. And what those setbacks should look like is it's it's an issue. There is no federal regulation or state regulation, and so it is a county by county issue. So if you don't have in your planning and zoning regulations that say you do not want wind turbines or solar, which solar is in this area too. um, well, it's looking to come. I should say, it's an issue.
1: Yeah, the, the local governments, the city and the county, those guys are they on board with this? Are they the ones pushing it as well, and just saying we need to start doing rezoning to make it happen, or are they actually open to hearing the conversations and pushing back a little bit?
3: At this point in time, they're they're not coming out publicly and making a statement either way. But if you were to ask the the rural residents here in the Baldwin area, of Douglas County is where it's specifically, but there's other parts of the county as well that are affected, they would probably say that they don't feel heard yet. We often come to these meetings uh, that everyone speaks and it's just silence pretty much after that. So it does feel like uphill battle, but I can tell you that the folks here are very determined to defeat the wind energy agenda here in this area. I think one of the main concerns, and I've said on the local government committee as well, and we've had these folks that are lobbyists, these associate, associations that come in and speak to us. And it's interesting the amount of billions of dollars that are being fed by the federal government, our taxpayer dollars, that are coming to the state for these grants and opportunities for these wind energy companies, which, by the way, they're already multi-billion-dollar companies yeah. that are taking advantage of these. these subsidies. If they didn't exist, the wind energy would not be here. It's not there yet. <laughs> Kansas has a surplus of energy, so this energy that they're looking to put here won't even be utilized or provide any type of reduction in your energy rates, which continue to go up, which everybody has described as being a very painful for subject. and they're going to ship it out to another area.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. Well, that's the big thing. I mean, number one, like you, I mean, you hit it right on. I mean, these these subsidies coming from the federal government. It's what's holding this industry up because it's not there yet to be efficient enough. Uh, but then, if it's not even being used in the community, I wouldn't want that there either. I mean, in Ohio, uh, kind of where I grew up, they they started implementing if they built a new school, then it was just mandated that they would have a windmill next to the school to help power and generate electricity for that school which okay you know i can see an argument like that but when you're just taking someone's land and be like hey we're gonna we're gonna rezone this we're gonna take it away from you we're gonna use eminent domain or however we're gonna confiscate this land to build this and then we're not even going to utilize the energy from the community here we're going to send it to nebraska or send it to missouri or send it to somewhere else that's strange to me i don't know how they can do that
3: it's strange it's concerning everyone should not be happy with that um we heard through the pandemic, this for the greater good. I think they this that's the kind of, kind of thought process here on that. Are, I'm not sure if you've seen our, our better way. The Republican Party this is both the House and the Senate. So both Speaker Dan Hawkins and President Ty Masterson um, have asked all of us representatives and senators what our districts and people want, and we shared. I had my call. I shared everything that you know our our community is wanting. And it's really interesting because one of those bullet points on there and topics of areas, is, it discusses about our economy and our commitment to to protect, you know, not only free enterprise, but also to protect people. There is actually, one of the bullets is to enact reforms to lower energy rates for all Kansans. Yeah. This, what they're trying to do, does not comply with that bullet point alone. Um, it also has this, one of the subject areas is just authorizing the attorney general to investigate companies that conspire to constrain the fossil fuel industry. So, you know, this is, you know, there's there's just so many questions I have around how does that work with this, you know, wind energy? And then we go into the ESG investing. I mean, that ties. There's so many things here that this just does not align no. with the Republicans in in District Five. Yeah, or across Canada.
1: Exactly, we need to hold on to that uh, the value because I love the plan the Republicans have come out with, with both the Senate and the and the House side that you guys are trying to promote here. Because if we wanted to talk about having lowering costs of energy, which I mean, the Biden administration said that we are going to see energy costs go up near thirty percent this winter time. Because well, why the hell not? They just can't keep things efficient. That you would think we'd be talking about building another coal plant or building another nuclear plant or something that would actually be efficient enough to lower prices and actually give us a surplus of energy that we need not another wind farm in an area that doesn't seem like it works. I mean, it may work in western Kansas where it's very rural and very few people and it's not that big of a deal where a lot of that industry is. But in your area, it doesn't seem like it's 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 the best place for something like this.
3: No, and in my area, actually the residents here and the, and the constituents are interested in wind and solar for personal consumption as well, for yes. personal consumption, not industrial commercial levels. And there are some restrictions. You've got, in my district at Baldwin City, who's under the city utilities, and then you've got the rural area that's under Evergy, and the Baldwin is way more, um, I would say, proactive in being able to buy back some of the additional power that they generate, self-generate, but here in the rural area, there are some restrictions on the amount of kilowatts that you can produce, and from there, you know, we would add more of it, I think, if we could. So it's really counterintuitive. It does; it just doesn't sit right with a lot of people, and it is being controlled by the energy companies. This is not something that the state has regulated at all.
1: Wow, it's unfortunate. we got a couple minutes left here as we have to start wrapping up. But what's the next step? Are, are they still having public meetings? Uh, could it potentially go to a vote on something like this? What's the next step locally there?
3: Yeah, so locally here on Monday, January 30th, Douglas County Planning is having a wind regulation staff open house at the river. Uh, Riverfront City Hall. So that will be a big meeting. Um, also, on Wednesday, February 1st, there's a Douglas County Commission meeting. They're going to have some of these temporary um, conditional use permit reviews for the sonar, as well as some of the, um, there's a MET test tower that they're looking to put. But really, the February 5th is what they said, I think, is the deadline. So this is something that needs to be looked at here quickly, and folks that are concerned, you know, need to be able to put their input in. I highly recommend you reach out to your county commissioners, your planning commissioners, show up to these meetings, uh, write into the Lawrence Journal world with a letter to the editor, you know, do whatever you can, share with your neighbors, share with your friends, and really let people know what's going on and share the truth of the matter because it's a big deal. Once they're here, they it's really hard to make them go away.
1: Exactly. Yeah, once they get there, they ain't going to, It's like a government program. Once it gets started, you're not going to be able to get rid of it. If you give them an inch, and they take two <laughs> miles. And uh, that's exactly what these guys are doing as well. Hopefully, people are speaking out and realizing what's going on and being active in their own community and making their voice heard and can hopefully at least uh, have an input on what's going to go on there as well. It's District Number 5, State Representative Carrie Barth. Carrie, it's great to have you on the program. Keep up the fight, both on the home front and in Topeka. It's a big session. I'm optimistic that we can actually get some pro- productivity done uh, this year across the state. we got to get you back on the program again real soon.
3: Andy, I would love that. I'm working on a, a bill that we're going to be introducing really soon that I think that most people, would their jaw would drop that we don't have a law around human smuggling today. Um, there's a lot of topics wow. around the drug trafficking and sex trafficking, but we do not have a human smuggling, and that is a little bit of a different category that ties into it. So that's something both myself and um, Rebecca Schmoy from Ottawa, yeah. another representative, and I are sponsoring, and we are looking forward to sharing more on that later. I'd love to be back on, Andy. Thanks I so much would for love to me.
1: absolutely. I would love to talk to you about that issue. I know that's going to be a big one. We saw AG uh, Chris Kobach talk about the uh, plan for the fentanyl trafficking and opioids here in the state. So working on drugs, working on the human trafficking. Uh, did not realize we didn't have any laws uh, trying to go after that one. So, desperately, need to carry we appreciate that very, very much, my friend. Keep up the fight. We'll definitely get you back on again real soon. That does it for us. Hour number one. Hour number two, right around the corner. We got a lot more to get to here on a Saturday morning for Kansas Talk, right here on Wichita's Big Talker, KQAM. Stay there.
0: Unfiltered.
1: Darn right it is. Welcome into Kansas Talk. It's hour number two. Hour number one flew right on by. Holy cow. Thanks again to State Representative Carrie Barth coming on the show. Great conversation. We'll get her back on again very, very soon. Big stuff coming up for this hour as well. Bottom of the hour, we have Davis Liquor Outlet as Brian and Blake Davis swing by the studio, give us the drink specials and the recommendations for the cold, cold weather apparently blowing in here in the next few days and how you can stay nice and roasty Toasty warm plus we'll get their uh, pick their brains on some of the other issues going on as well but I want to shift gears right now as it's kind of a long interview but it's a great conversation we sat down with David I He is the founder of StoryCorps and one small step bringing people together documenting their stories and the cool stuff that they bring to the table and bring to humanity this is our conversation with David I that we had just a couple of days ago with StoryCorps and one small step Dave how are you my friend
5: Andy, thanks for having me on. It's good to talk to you.
1: Yeah, it is great to talk with you. For those that may not know what StoryCorps is, let's start there. What is this organization, and uh, where did you come about trying to bring this together?
5: Sure. Um, so StoryCorps is a nonprofit uh, national organization, uh, and it's uh, kind of a crazy, beautiful idea, I think. We've been around for about 20 years, um, started in New York, uh, and now we're everywhere. And uh, basically we're trying to bring the country together one story at a time. We, we put a booth in grand central terminal, which is the big train station here, um, 20 years ago and invited people to come to bring a loved one, to bring, bring your grandma, to bring your grandpa, come to this booth. You're met by a facilitator who works for story Um, you go inside this booth, the door shuts. You're in a, a, as you well know, like a soundproof studio, the lights are low. It's a sacred space, complete silence. And for 40 minutes, you talk to your grandpa. Um, and you know, you and I know from the radio work we do, the microphone gives you the license to say things and ask things you don't normally get to talk about. So from the very beginning, people thought of this as if I had 40 minutes left to live, what would I say to? What would I, what would I ask of my grandmother? What would I ask of my grandfather? What would I say to them? Um, and, uh, at the end of the interview, they're 40 minute interviews. You get a copy and another one stays with us and goes to the Library of Congress in Washington so that your great-great-great-great-great-great-grandkids could get to know your grandpa through his voice and story. When we started, nobody knew what we were doing, so the booth was kind of empty, but it eventually got insanely popular. We have these Airstream trailers that travel around the country. We've had about 700,000 people. This is only in in the U.S. 700,000 Americans participate. And essentially, you know, what we're doing is collecting the wisdom of humanity. One of the things... That, you know that that is so obvious from doing this work that I know you know and that I know your audience understands is that you know as Americans like we're despite what you hear on you know 24- hour cable like we're good people <laughs> 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 you know we, we're a great country and we're good people um and 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 um, that's what the facilitators who travel you know they they serve a tour of duty with us for a year or two um and when you ask them when they come off the road what they've learned from, They call it bearing witness to these conversations. And this is every kind of person you can imagine, all ages, every political stripe, you know, and every single facilitator. We've had about a thousand of them serve with us. If you ask them what they've learned, they say people are good. You know, and that's, you know, it's that Anne Frank quote, um, uh, uh, some version of it. And, you know, there might have been some kind of a bias in who came to the booth when we were dealing in hundreds and thousands of tens and tens of thousands. But. When you get close to a million people, there's just got to be a truth to that, and that's what StoryCorps is built on. You know, none of us are the worst things we've ever done. Trying to find the good in people, we're completely nonpartisan, except for you know the belief that all of our stories matter equally and infinitely, and everybody deserves to be listened to and treated with respect. So we this new effort that is, um, Wichita is a huge piece of this, and we are um, launching across the country as well. That is politics and isn't politics. I guess mostly it isn't politics, but but it's about what politics has done to us. It's called One Small Step. So after having 700,000 people interview their, you know, mostly intergenerational, their parents, their grandparents, their children, we, um, you know, we became really concerned because we're a nonprofit in the human connection business, um, concerned about what was happening in this country across the political divide. It's not that we're arguing with each other, which is totally healthy and what a democracy is about, but that more and more we, are starting to hate each other and not see each other as human beings anymore, which is called toxic polarization, which is incredibly dangerous. I don't need to tell you um, when you can't see the human being in your neighbor, it's like, it's just bad news. And yeah. it's wrong because, um, because we are, no matter what our politics are, you know, we all share so much more in common than divides us. So we started experimenting with a new way of doing story core. for the first time, putting strangers together not to talk about politics, but just to get to know each other as human beings under the premise that it's hard to hate up close. And our dream is to convince the country that it's our patriotic duty to see the um, humanity and people we disagree with politically. And if we can make that happen, you know, we're going to be a hell of a stronger co- country. You know, I was thinking before I got on with you, you know, the reason that, that we have what we have is because so many people came before us and broke their backs leading really hard lives and sacrificing so much for us. And the least, you know, the least we can do for them is leave a country that's whole for our children and for our great-grandchildren. And a democracy just can't survive in a swamp of mutual contempt. Yeah. And, and you know, the fact is that we have a lot of people you know, who are making a lot of money trying to divide us, and it's time for the people to stand up and say, enough.
1: Amen to that. I absolutely love the program, both from just the general concept of talking to your grandparents. Actually, before I moved away from Ohio a couple years ago and moved back to Kansas, I did the same thing with my grandparents. I sat a cell phone I'm down so on their glad. counter table and talked with them and did about an hour interview, just them telling their story because I've always been fascinated with people's stories and learning their life and learning the lessons that they've learned and in, in how they struggled and how they worked through their life and how they had their kids and how they went through. It's a fascinating story. We used to do that back in the day, and I like to go back to the Native yep. American stories where that's how they would teach lessons of life on what to do, what not to do, what's good and what's bad, and for you to learn them through the stories that the elders would give, we don't do that anymore. We don't bring that wisdom from the elders and from the older generation that's experienced the world any longer. And this is a way to do that, isn't it?
5: Absolutely. I mean, I, look, um, <laughs> Twitter is the, the – the, the these are like answers that like computers and, and digital technology for all its like, <laughs> you know, all, all its uh, gigabytes and trilobites can never give us. Like you said, it's wisdom. Yeah. And it's, and it's, um and it's just um absolutely priceless. And, you know, when, you know, I, I think that the answers to all, I, I've learned so much doing StoryCorps over the last 20 years has completely changed my life. And there are no famous people. It's just listening to everyday people. And, you know, I think we, if we spend a lot more time kind of listening to our, our neighbors and our family members and, 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 you know, not paying so much attention to celebrities and, and, and politicians who, who are also human beings, but, no better than any of us. Sure. That you know we'd be a lot better off, and and you know and the you know honestly, every, you know the lesson you learn when you listen to seven hundred thousand conversations is that it's all about love, and it's all about our families, and nothing else really matters. You know, and and you know what StoryCorps does, I think, is just shake you on the shoulder amidst all the nonsense that we're fed, and just say like, this is what's important. Don't forget, you know, this is what's important. It's the family. It's the people we love. It's the people we've lost. I mean, we'll have a hundred and 5 year old woman come into the StoryCorps booth. First thing she talks about is her mom. You know, it's like you know, it's it's our parents. I mean, these these and and again, the wisdom, just the everyday wisdom. I'm as you're, you know, talking. I was thinking, you know, we did one of our big, uh, we do these big initiatives, and uh, where where we'll focus on a group of Americans who deserve to have their stories raised up. And the first one was with every nine eleven families. Everyone who lost a loved one on nine eleven comes to StoryCorps to leave a record of their loved one's life. And I remember the father of two, a police officer and a firefighter, both of whom died at 9-11. And, you know, and he said, you know, I, at the last words, I've always made a point of the last words I ever said to my kids, were I love you. And that's the last words I said to both of them as they were heading into the fire. And he said, like, knowing that the last words I said was I, I love you gives me some peace and once you hear something like that if you have kids you're never not going to say I love you as the last words to your kids how do you know like where else do you get wisdom like that it's 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 the truths that are true coming from from our mouths you know
1: yeah it's very profound and it's very deep we're talking to David Isay the founder of StoryCorps which you can find online at storycorps.org let's talk about take uh, the one small step initiative in the program inside of StoryCorps here as you mentioned do you think in today's political divide divisiveness that we have do we still live in what they call the melting pot where every culture is together we're all working together and what the media is trying to portray isn't true because we all actually get along and like you said we're all good or do you think that we've gone into the fragmented what they call now the mosaics, where we have our cultures but we're kind of in our own little communities here and we don't like to branch out of that a whole lot where do you think we're at culturally in the country right now
5: well, when you do when you do polling, um people see us as very divided and very and 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 um very different because of what there there's something called perceptual perceptual polarization. Mm. We think we're very divided. But when you actually ask people like what they want, it's not what they want. So 90% of the country and there there's a group called more in common. It's kind of the expert on polarization around the world, and they have not been focused on America until recently. And for obviously obvious reasons, they're turning their attention to the U.S. because the polarization is getting so intense here. And basically, you know, ninety somewhere between eighty-six and ninety percent of the country, they call the exhausted majority, and these are people who are sick of the polarization, scared of what it means, and want to find a way out. So the vast majority of people like want to figure out a way to get along with our neighbors, don't like this polarization, realize that, you know, this very, again, this is not about arguing. It's yeah. about not seeing one another as human beings. And the results are really bad. I mean, it's bad for your mental health. You know, you get political gridlock in Washington, D.C., like nothing happens. And, you know, when, when you're fearful and angry at your neighbor because you don't know them and you're scared to talk to them. You know that it's it's just it's 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 a complete waste Um because you know as, as you know from talking to a lot of people as I know from going around and doing this work, you know the 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 power of these one small step interviews. You know people people come out of having these conversations with strangers across blue divide. They go in a little bit nervous and they come out as friends almost every time. Um, So that's kind of the answer to your question. Like if we just had proximity to one another, like we'd realize. There's so much more we share in common than divides us.
1: Yeah, you'll enjoy this story. A few years ago when we first started the radio program in the early mornings on KQAM here, I sat down and brought in the imam from the Wichita Islamic Society. His name is Hussam Mahdi, and I believe he's still there. I haven't talked to him in a few years, but I invited him onto the program. And At first, he was a little skeptical coming on the show, especially as a conservative talk show host. But as we were sitting there and talking on and off the air, he asked, he's like, what is conservatism? What does that mean? Like, What does that stand for? And I explained about traditional values and the limited government and individual freedom and sovereignty, and I'll never forget it. He sat back in his chair. He looked up, and he was thinking, and he says, if what you explain conservatism is, then I'm I'm that too. I'm a conservative as well. And he invited me to the mosque. I saw a service. It was a beautiful thing. They were wonderful individuals. And since then, we kept in touch for a good couple of years after that, and I tried to get him on the show, and we just never were able to make it. But it was a fascinating one-on-one to sit and chat with him and explain about the cultures and for him to understand what conservatism was. And when he introduced me there at the church, uh, he said, he said, this is a Republican, but he's friendly. It's okay. <laughs> and we went through, yeah. and I got to meet a great a bunch of individuals, and it was a wonderful experience.
5: Well, you know, that's there's no nuance anymore. You know, everybody's black or white. You know, and and when, when, when you get down to it and you actually talk to people, people are not black or white. They're a mixture of lots of different things. And we've lost that sense of nuance And you know, it's partly the, you know, these digital tools that have driven us apart, you know, on Twitter, the nastier you are, the more likes you get, you know, we've become this, you know, dopamine, the brain, that brain chemical, like we're addicted to the brain chemical of rage. And, you know, and there are a lot of people who get very rich, you know, on the left and right, making us hate each other. And, you know, like I said before, enough, enough is enough because, you know, the consequences for this country, we know what happens with toxic polarization. It's also called affective polarization. It starts slowly, but it can ramp up very quickly. Um, and, you know, we the people have to say, you know, we're not going to do this. We love our country and, and you know, we're going to make sure that this country thrives and, and survives and that we, you know, don't listen to these voices that are telling us to hate each other.
1: Yeah, that's the strength of this nation. That the divide and conquer, which we're seeing in a lot of places. Let's—I pl- want to play one of these clips here that uh, we have from you guys. Talk about and kind of set this one up from Amdine, uh, with the conversation that went on uh, between these two individuals.
5: So this is another. This is um, so this is a pre. This is a, a pre-One Small Step conversation but gives you a sense. This is before we started this effort with strangers. These two people aren't strangers. They'd actually met once before, but it gives you a sense of the spirit of what we're trying to do. So this takes place in Austin, Texas. And it's a conversation between a guy named Joe who's, uh who at the time was a laid-off sheet metal worker. Um, he went to make—he was at an um, uh, anti-Trump protest in Austin. Um, And he showed up with his Make America Great Again hat. And um, uh, Amina Amdin was one of the protesters. uh, And she was a student at uh, the University of of Texas in Austin. Uh, And a bunch of people came up and started attacking Joseph um, and um, ripping off his hat. And Amina, um, the Muslim student, came to his defense. And they came to StoryCorps um, to talk about the moment that brought them together.
1: I love it. Let's play this.
4: I noticed you with the hat Mm -hmm. and I noticed that you were surrounded by some people and I noticed that they were being kind of threatening and then somebody snatched your hat off your head. And that's the point where I, something kind of snapped inside me because (laughs) I wear a, um, a Muslim hijab and I've been in situations where people have tried to snatch it off my head Wow! and I rushed towards you and I just started screaming, leave him alone, give me that back.
6: I don't think we could be any further apart as people. And yet it was just kind of like this common, that's not okay moment. You are genuinely the only Muslim person I know. I just <laughs> It's not that I've actively avoided. It's just yeah. I've just never been in the position where I can uh, interact mm-hmm. for an extended period of time. So I guess my views on uh, the Muslim community have been... Influenced by a lot of the news articles and and things of that nature.
4: I feel like a lot of times in the media, you don't see the normal Muslim, the one that listens to classic rock like I do. (laughs) You don't don't meet that Muslim.
6: Can you tell me about where you grew up? What was that part of your life like?
4: So I was born in Baghdad in Iraq. I moved to the U.S. when I was 10 years old. Okay. Being a Muslim girl. I stood out in almost every single way that you can (laughs) in middle school. The worst time to stand out. What about you? How was it like when you grew up?
6: I was homeschooled, mm-hmm. so it was it was a vastly different experience socially. It was I didn't have, I guess, as many friends as most people would. I only went to public school one year of my life, and I got in three fights and I lost all of them. <laughs> I actually lost a lot of friends because of selection because of my political stance. So I hope that I can be the reason that someone. Decides to talk to someone as opposed to just cutting them out of their life or blocking them on Twitter, you know?
4: I'd like for this to encourage other people to engage in more conversations with people that you don't agree with. That's
1: what it's all about. I'm so glad I wasn't the only one who felt like that. What a cool story. I love it. That's fantastic between those two. It, and it really drives home the point that it, what's fascinating to me, Dave, is the fact that we have now such a globalist world where we can travel easily. We can see different places around the world on social media or have the convenience of going there. And yet we're still so divided and don't understand other cultures to understand what other people are going through. That's fascinating to me.
5: Well, I mean, that's, uh, it, that story like is almost the exact copy of the Wichita Islamic so- Society story you told, yeah. you know, two minutes before playing it. Um, Yeah, I mean it's 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 fascinating and it's a and it's a and it's a tragedy.
1: It really Um, is.
5: And again, you know, it's it's you know the 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 great one of the great paradoxes of the digital age that we're living in is that these tools were supposed to bring us closer together, and in so many ways, they're they're driving us farther apart. Um, And you know, we again, we need that we need that human connection, or else you know that old brain of ours that you know fears the, you know, the bears and the lions comes in, you know, that which you don't know, you fear. And we've got to, you know, Mother Teresa used to say, we've forgotten that we belong to each other, you know, and I think, um, we need to remind ourselves of the truth that we that we do belong to each other.
1: Yeah. Dave, do you think that the focus on identity politics now in the political realm where we're talking about gender equality, gender identification, sexual orientation, all this other stuff that I think personally is a very divisive content and divisive topic as well, and we're trying to put this into K-12 and, and all the education system for the kids, is that helping or hurting the situation with bringing people together because – the way I see it is a lot of this focus on identity politics, whether it's the skin color, religion, or the gender issues, is that it's putting you in the box to say this is me, and then this person over here is different, as opposed to, hey, we're just living our life and doing our thing, and I don't really care what your beliefs are as long as you're a good person.
5: Yeah, you know, it, it, it's 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 an interesting point. You know, I I think look, what, one thing I know is that no one has ever changed anybody's mind by calling them a an idiot or a moron or a Nazi or a snowflake, you know, Um, and the the um, we get every people get pushed into their corners, you know, and again, and there's no nuance anymore. So I I think the trick is for us to, you know, talk to each other as human beings and recognize that there's a flame of good in everybody and, you know, figure out how we can how we can get along better or else every issue just becomes a, a flashpoint. Um, and, and obviously like, you know, these issues that are dividing us so deeply. And so, you know, we're, 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 we're backed into a corner and we're partly backed into a corner again, I think because of the predations of social media that, that, you know, cause us to, you know, start calling each other names and, um, and dehumanize each other. And then everybody just crosses their arms and turns their back and there's no air in the room anymore. Um, so, um. So, so you know that, that that's what I would say. I mean, I think that, that I, I think that if again, if we can get, if we can just get to know each other as people, we can start having thoughtful discussions about all these sorts of issues instead of, you know, pointing guns at each other.
1: I love that idea, uh, David. We're running short on time, but I want to play one more of these clips, kind of set us up for the Warren and Jerome conversation because that's kind of a fascinating sure. one as well.
5: Yeah. This. So this is. Um, so I, I, let me just say before we go. We are in. So we picked three cities across the country to pilot this. and mm. you can do this anywhere you are in the country, but um, Wichita is one of our cities. Um, we're going to be there for years, recording interviews. We have a waiting list of ten thousand people across the country who want to participate. <laughs> if you're in Wichita, you move right to that the top of that list. So the way you do this, and we want as many folks, as many people um, in your Andy in your audience as possible, like everybody in your audience to sign up. You go to takeonesmallstep.org, takeonesmallstep.org, and um, you just fill out a couple of questions, and then you sign up, and we'll, we'll set up an interview for you. Um, so this is, um, this is we, we have clips of eavesdropping on One Small Step interviews. And this is actually uh, two people who did a One Small Step interview in, in Richmond, Virginia, who came together after their conversation, uh, if I'm not mistaken, to talk about what that experience was like for them. So this is a younger African-American man and an older white man in Richmond, Virginia, who had a one-small-step conversation, became friends, and then wanted to come and talk about that experience.
1: I love it. What was the
2: thing that stuck with you after our previous conversation, Jerome? Based on your military background, based on your upbringing, uh, it was interesting to me that you saw people for their character more so than anything else. You know, you looked at how we kind of damage each other in society, and that we need to talk about it and stop that. And then we kind of said, let's talk to each other, let's go to dinner and lunch. And I was like, oh, that sounds great.
6: (laughs) We hit it off right away. We have the same ideas about how to improve our country. Our country is so divided now.
2: We can do better. And I think that's what one small step is doing, is allowing people to have those conversations to talk about our similarities instead of our differences. As far as our relationship is concerned, I, I feel as though I've known you forever. Yeah. You are a dear, dear friend, and I cannot imagine you not being in my life at this point. Yeah, well, so, it's,
6: it's been a reciprocal. Please.
2: Well, we're going to
6: have lunch together maybe next week or so. We'll get you to come here to the cottage, and we'll, we'll sit down and talk politics and uh, sports and whatever you <laughs> want to talk about. Sounds good. Sounds
2: good.
1: <laughs> That's great. Another great story between those two. Again, it's not about... Anything personality, it's just the fact that you can click with somebody, you can talk, and you can find relatability and something uh, between each other. And that's a, that's a great story. I love it.
5: Yeah, and actually the two of them are now working to restore one of the first black schools in Richmond, Virginia. So wow. this is the kind of thing that comes out of these conversations. Again, it's not about politics. You're just talking about your lives, who you care about, who you love, getting to know each other as human beings, and um, you know, rem- remembering that there's a flame and good in all of us, no matter what our politics are.
1: So what it's about, David, I want to say that I'm in. I want to be part of this as well here and and, uh, help represent the Wichita area to be part of this as well. But if other people do as well, one more time, where can people find the website? How can they get involved with this?
5: So you want to go to small step TakeOneSmallStep.org, TakeOneSmallStep.org, or you can just search One Small Step on Google, and we'll come up at the top of that search. And what we want you to do is sign up. Sign up. It, It takes about five minutes to sign up. And then we will set up a recording. You can do it either face-to-face or you can do it digitally. Um, It's a really amazing experience. You know, everybody who's gone through this uh, has, you know, again, people are a little nervous before having the conversation. And then you come out of it with a friend. Um, and, uh, And we'd love everybody in your audience to do this. I mean, I think that, you know, it's Wichita, Wichita, we chose Wichita for a bunch of very specific reasons. We could have gone to any city in the country. Um, and uh, we think that Wichita could show the rest of the country that it's possible for us to um, live side by side with one another. And instead of you know st- throwing stones at, at each other, pick up the stones and build a, build a better nation.
1: There it is, Heartland of America, Wichita trying to represent and bring in unity you together again. I love that. David, I say with StoryCorps, also, take storycore.org, also step.org. Fill out the application, be part of that program as well. David, so great to talk to you, my friend. I love the program. we got to get you back on and talk some more about this here soon.
5: Andy, anytime. I really appreciate you having me on. Thank you so much. Hey, appreciate it. Right back here on
1: Candace Talk on Wichita's Big Talker, KQA.
0: Call the show at 316-721-8255. This is Kansas Talk with Andy Hoosier on Wichita's Big Talker, KQAM.
1: Darn right it is. Welcome into Kansas Talk right here on Wichita's Big Talker, 1480 KQAM. Moving right on through the show. Holy cow, we've had so much going on, so many things to talk about. So welcome aboard. It's great to have you along last half hour on the home stretch today for a Saturday, we have the weekend with Michael Brown coming up right around the corner here on KQAM out of Denver, Colorado, hailing out of six thirty K Hal, great station. Uh, been there a few times myself early on in the radio career. So Michael Brown, a great uh, host, and you'll hear him coming up in just a little bit. We've covered a lot of ground today. We have some calls on the line. We'll try and squeeze you in here in just a little bit, but. We had to shift gears a little bit. Uh, we talked with David say great guy with StoryCorps and One Small Step. I will be partaking in that program. Uh, we are working on the logistics on how to do an interview with that, which is really neat. And finding somebody, I want to see if they can't find like an Antifa member to come and sit and chat with me. <laughs> we'll see if that happens or not. Probably not. But I want to shift gears a little bit as we do the last half hour. And it's been a while since we've had these guys in the studio. Really excited because. They've brought good which is awesome and uh as we talk about ways to stay warm during apparently the uh frigid cold front thing that's coming in tomorrow.
7: Well,
1: I I'm going to stay warm. Uh, yeah, I'm going to oh, stay nice wow. and warm with it. With Davis Liquor oh, yeah, Outlet, yeah. it's yeah. Brian and Blake and Carrie ahead. even in studio as well. Good morning, guys. Howdy, howdy. Thanks for having us. Man, good it's Good
7: morning, Wichita.
1: Good morning, Wichita. Always good to have you guys in studio uh wrapping up 2022. Big year for you guys. It was a big year in general, wasn't it? Things almost back to normal after COVID.
8: It was definitely our first, um, you know, we always kind of talk about our 2020 and 2021 numbers or so, you know, you kind of have to throw them out the window because you look back at try to compare your numbers to 2020 and that was just so off the charts with everybody staying home and drinking more and everything being a mess in general. Uh, so, yeah, 2022 was a little bit more kind of settled back into, you know, I think we're we're back to normal years in terms of traffic and everything.
1: And for the most part, yeah, during COVID, and I know we talked about this way back when, but there was a lot of people since they couldn't go to the bar, they were building their own home bars, which I've done myself as well. And I have my nice display and I have all my stuff there, which I'm excited about. And the, But that's obviously increased the amount of bottles that people are going out and buying so they can just stock it at home. I don't need to go out and spend five dollars for a beer. I can go out and just get my own and just stay at home and do my thing.
7: I, I think I think we're still going to see that I think a lot of people once they change their their traffic flow or their drive home, um, they stopped going to the bars for a while they realized, man, they they started looking at your bank account went from like I was spending $500 the bar. <laughs> I mean, and then and then it was like, Oh, there's $500 in my account. And yeah. I, I bought two bottles of whiskey and, a, and some soda. And I can make my favorite drink at home. So, That's right. Um, that that I think is going to continue to be that way for a while. I think even watching the bars during these big football games, those kind of things, they're trying to get back to where they need to be. But but, they, you know, at one point in time, they're all 120 percent capacity. Yeah. Um, and you waited in line to go sit there and watch your favorite game or whatever. And now I think you can just walk in and and get a seat, depending on. Sure. We'll Pay on the game tomorrow. Will be a little tough, I'm sure, in Wichita to find a seat. But, yeah. but yeah, we're getting back to normal. We've had some changes within our, our organization, our family. We, uh, uh, we sold one of our stores. Uh, we parted mm-hmm. ways with our 47th and. and K fifteen location, which wow, been in the family for my great uncle owned for forty years. Long I'm twenty five. Blake four or five. Okay, so it was i uh, I won't lie, man. I, I cried on. Yeah. New year's it Day. Was, it was a rough transition.
8: So no, yeah. It was a smooth transition, but just <laughs> uh, emotionally, it was little, emotional. Little yeah, weird. yeah, yeah.
7: Letting go part of the family, it business. was draining. It very really was man. It's uh, a lot of things happened down there. So a lot of ties to Carrie and Blake with that store and and how we are where we're at today. So it was,
1: yeah. I still get a little sure. sad. It's still a little sad, know, sure, little absolutely. <laughs> but no, big plans for 2023, right?
7: I
8: just uh, keep hammering along.
7: <laughs>
1: yeah, well, that's <laughs> <trying> to <maintain. laughs> that's a nice thing,
8: having a, you know, being down to the, the three stores now, that gives us a little bit of a chance to, uh, uh you know, focus in on three and, you know, really kind of sure. try to knock three of them out of the park and not being spread quite as thin. Yeah. Uh, I think it's going to give us a chance to do all those projects that we've been looking at and going like, ah, one of these days I'll get to it. Well, now we can actually start, now you start can doing do it. that stuff.
1: So. That's right. Yeah. yeah.
8: We're gonna, we need to work on our app a little bit, um, figure
7: out some things with that, how to get, get more people using it or watching it or, okay. or just... just like I said just playing with it i still um, have your app i
1: scroll through it every once in a while looking at all the all the stuff I, there
7: i used it last night to look at some prices for uh, for our commercials when i cut later today i'm like i don't <laughs> want to log into a computer let me pull up. <laughs> <app after laughs> i so think the prices easy. are right so i mean even i use it uh here and there when somebody asks if i have a product I'm like, well yeah you can look at the
1: app too but. inflation hit you guys pretty bad for the for the alcohol industry
7: <laughs> we're going to start seeing it here pretty soon um you know for us our last half of the year is the last quarter is, is it's balls to wall i mean it's it's october november december it's halloween thanksgiving christmas new year's everybody getting together hanging out and i think that now that that part's over i i I keep thinking that we're going to see our on our side it's man the pricing is just nuts i mean we had a price increase coming on evan williams
8: Hmm.
7: and this time last year it was like 22.99 and i can tell you that next month first of the month it's going to be twenty six ninety nine actually dollar cheaper than than Jim Beam. Mm. So I, I don't know when they're going to stop raising prices. And I think that that's going <laughs> to slow down the
8: you know, that's going to that's where we're going to see it. Um, but sure. it's it's and until it, we uh, see a meaningful slowdown, I guess, on people buying stuff. And obviously, as prices increase, you know, people switch to different stuff and, and change it up a little bit. But there hasn't been, you know, nothing that we've bumped up and just seen it, you know, drop off the cliff. Um, and so I think, you know, especially on, you know, Big company where they're like well they're still buying it let's let's bump it up a little bit yeah. see, you know how, right. how, how far can we nudge this along and we're yeah. not there's not many out of stocks either I and mean, we're we're i mean it,
7: that crown royal jack daniels where we couldn't get it from I mean, it was like okay 100 cases came in and there's 700 locations to drop it at um how are you going to do that all that's now back in stock so it's kind of hard you know people were buying different because it couldn't come in so maybe they're buying sure. a half gallon instead of some 50 or so to see you know I think this year will be in like like Blake said earlier this will be the first full year of normalcy with with product being available and,
1: and supply and chain and, issues no, yeah. yeah
7: no none of those um new items coming in I mean mm-hmm. I, I don't know if anybody has heard it or not
8: but yeah, I mean, it's this, there's some touched on some before. Some things, little beer's bit. coming <laughs> that's right. in, so. Oh, that's right. Yang-Lang! Oh, yeah, yeah. I am
1: so excited about that. Yeah,
8: uh, it's been, uh, you know, I mean, it's been a long, long time coming. You know, people have been asking forever, and oh, it was man. supposed to be, you know, originally, you know, they started talking about it, you know, late 2019. They were like, all right, 2020 should be there. Mm-hmm. Obviously, like you just said, supply chain, things got a little weird for a while, so we've kind of caught back up on that, and we should, um, within the next month or so, start seeing it in bars, and oh, shortly gosh. after that, start seeing it on our shelves, so...
1: Yeah, I know I've told this story on the air before. So Yingling uh, was our go-to in college in Ohio. And at that time, they didn't even sell it in Ohio. It was only in Pennsylvania. We had to drive down to Pennsylvania, load up cases of it in the trunk of the car to bring it back for college. And uh, and then when I went back to Ohio a few years ago, it was finally there. And I loaded up on cases of it to bring back to Kansas because, well, I needed my Yingling. So the fact that it's here now and it's finally coming, I am so excited.
7: And there's a, I mean, there, there's light. There's Black Flight There's the regular um, there, There's no, one There's more. some sort of Heavy yeah, I think it's tingling black and, Okay Yeah But there's they're, I mean they're They're it's, hitting the they hit the market lineup, yeah. with a with full with lineup. No, it's kind of like, where are we going to put this at? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, gonna, it's not very like, often. Eat up that, some space. You know, yeah. So going
1: the, to the bars and restaurants first and then making its way to the actual liquor stores. That's
7: that's our understanding. Um, I don't know when it's going to hit the bars. I, I think it's the middle of the month. We have a kickoff on February 15th that we get to go to. Um, so I'm thinking in that week um, of valentine's day week is when it's going to be in the bars
1: valentine's um, day to myself and, uh, yeah. I yeah. <laughs> and i would assume that
7: that you know most of the places are going to have you know most of the big places are going to have it ready to go i mean if sure. you're at old chicago they're gonna have it those those places will but i mean i think first of march for us we've got our order in uh, we had to do pre-order and i think we bought enough um between the three stores that will be we shouldn't run out okay um We'll see. We'll see how the demand um, is, yeah. Yeah, and I'm not sure. You know, I didn't look at the alcohol strength, but I'm assuming they'll be in the grocery stores as well. Um, okay. I'm assuming it's I think it's five all 5%. In that uh, um, so yeah, the black one I mean, might be a little heavier, but uh, but I don't sure. think anything yeah. gets above 6. The. the, the We'll be saturated with the yingling. We'll see how many people really, really want it. Or if it was just like, well, I can't get it, so I love it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's always the thing. Well, I mean, I always used to drink, you know, (laughs) back in the day, it was Zima. Man, Zima was awesome (laughs) when you couldn't get it in Kansas. And then it, like, came to Kansas, like, oh, that's cool. Now I got it. All right.
1: Nice. Yeah. I
8: I do that with a lot of things. But, yeah. Sure. Like, oh. And the novelty sometimes, like, then it gets here. You're like, oh, okay. Well yeah that's, that's, another, that's another now thing. now
1: i've had it it quenched my thirst now i'm yeah. good yeah right. no that's that's that was my go-to it'll probably end up being my go-to again yeah. once it gets back here but no. also this is the perfect time you guys came in because also we're going into the end of football season obviously the big games coming up here over the next few weeks and the one coming up tomorrow as well you brought a couple goodies in here so i we're gonna wait until the end for this one because <laughs> i'm super excited so let's do the uh the beer first here but what is this guy
8: So, yeah, so this is uh, Wichita Brewing Company's Wushak Wheat, um, which uh, you've probably seen on shelves and around before. Uh, They've had it for a while. They just recently here in the beginning of December, they reformulated it. Um, So it's got a nice, really bright kind of lemony punch to it now. Super duper easy drinking. Um, and it just yeah, it goes down easy and it's delicious. It's, it's become a, kind of one of my new rotations. So it's it's a
7: lawn mowing beer. That's what I like to call these. Like you can, yeah. It's hundred degrees outside and you open this. You're like man, I got some lemon in me, so uh, I, that feels good. And uh, you get <laughs> nice back into what you're doing. Yeah. Right. Nice um, thing about Wichita Brink, I Company, they it, it, this is partnership with with Wichita State, and uh, they do give back. Um, I think a percentage of of their sales or something along those lines. Mm, but cool. they they have you know they're only. Um, outside of Bud Light, but they're they're one of the only uh, beer companies in Wichita that that have a tie in with with the, that they get to use a Shocker on their can, sure. Um, and they put a big expenditure out to do that, and they did a great job with this packaging. It's bright yellow. Other uh, one was a blah gray. Yeah, it, it blended it was more in black.
1: the shelf. Yeah, this, was, this was, pops. So perfect one to yeah. go to a Wichita State basketball game with, because like, it's almost like an offset of the Shock Top, which is the orangey flavor. This is kind of the. Uh, lemony flavor, yes, um,
7: mm-hmm. and and they it's it's on tap out there as well. So, um, pretty much any place you can get it, um, it'll it'll be out there and available. But a great lemon flavor. I mean, it's really good. I was surprised. I'm not a
8: wheat guy, but the lemon offsets that whatever flavor that I don't like. Yeah, um, in it. Yeah, know? it gives it, it gives it that something something that kind of sets it apart from you know the the wheat beer spectrum. Is some are good, some are just kind of like yeah, okay, that's yeah, all like, right, all right, and, not bad. And, yeah, and I think that you know. I like to drink my wheat beer with a lemon in it anyway and then this kind of just sure. skips that step and you don't need it unless you just really like lemon then go right ahead but
1: yeah it's it's funny coming from colorado there were micro brews everywhere everybody had to do micro brewery in colorado and i didn't realize how big of an industry that was here not just in kansas but in wichita we have Obviously the 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 Wu Shock we have War Beard we were talking about earlier. There's a lot of stuff that's brewed just right here locally, well, which is really of the, neat.
7: That aren't even on the shows. That, I mean, yeah. there's Third Street Brewing right right in Douglas and the train tracks. That you got to know it's there. It's a cool place, great beer. The guy I think makes it my retired. I'm not I don't remember, but it's been a while. He's it's it's this like oh wow it's right by the train tracks. Yeah, um, and and great is produced there. And you got the Cheney and there's a uh, bug. Oh, Beer is wiser guy is out in cheney Dude. um so yeah and he, and he has a restaurant and, and brews out there and they're like yeah cheney kansas, they cheney have a kansas. Yeah. Brew, just, a and holy. he's been out there for i mean he's maybe 15 years 20. wow um I, I could be stretching it maybe it's 10 but just every day, it. I yeah. feel a little bit older. So it was like an eternity ago since I was a certain age. So. Yeah, the days just kind of yeah. blur
1: together. My wife gets mad. She's like, "Andy, hey, your frame of time is just completely gone. Like, honey, that happened last week. No, that was like three months ago. Yeah. That's, that's, so it's I okay. Think
7: that's just the husband wife thing. <laughs> <laughs> like, I really want to assume that was like ten years ago that I did something wrong. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. like, no, that yeah. was eighteen hours ago. Oh, darn it. Yeah. <laughs> I told you not to do that, and you did it anyway.
1: I told you not to do that. That's right. All right. Um, for the heavier yeah. stuff, let's go to this one. Oh my gosh, I'm, you guys made my day for this. I didn't even, wasn't even aware this was a thing. So for those that do know, you know, obviously my man, Conor McGregor, the fighter, his proper 12 Irish whiskey, we've done the review on that one. They have a new flavor. out. I had no clue until you guys just brought the bottle in this morning. I'm so excited about this and I haven't even smelled it yet because I'm like just relishing the fact that it's here.
7: I mean, you smell it. You smell it. It's like there's a Jolly Rancher Uh, in there someplace. Jolly Rancher. That was what I was looking for. Irish
1: apple flavored proper 12 uh, whiskey, the Irish whiskey. And it smells like apple. Let's do this.
7: Oh, my gosh. Okay, I won't lie. This is pretty good. Oh, man. I wasn't leaving the bottle with you, but
1: (laughs) I'm going going to furniture shop later today. So I need to take the bottle. We're we're going to need the bottle. So... The original Proper 12, the one thing I like about it is it has no bite to it. Because it's an Irish whiskey, a little bit more tame. The last Conor McGregor fight, I opened up a brand new one. And by the end of the fight, there was just drops at the bottom. And I had no clue because you just sit there and sip on it. <laughs> It's that because no he lost. It's, <laughs> he, when was the last time this guy I won? don't want to remember I mean, that. I don't want to bring that back up. I'm gonna but be uh, like, I'm like Joe Rogan <laughs> right now, man. When has he won? <laughs>
7: he he won Royce. two fights ago. He won two fights
1: ago in 40 seconds. In 40 seconds. But, uh, yeah, I went through that bottle. Because it's so easy to drink and so smooth this seems even more tame than that one
8: this is um yeah the the apple flavor really you know it's not uh not overwhelming but it's very present and so any you know any bite that would be there i think it kind of cuts through and yeah it I mean, goes through I, it I it's
1: like down. it doesn't taste like a whiskey there's no burn to no. it at all
8: no yeah no. And, and, and dude there is
7: not I I, I I you know we were just talking about how we have no supply issues um there was only so much this came in the state i think it was a seasonal one-off just making maybe mm-hmm. for maybe for March coming out and, sure. and that, but I think, I think 85 cases came in the state or in Wichita, whatever it was, there wasn't a lot. Um, not telling everybody to go out and buy one without keeping on our show, but, um, I don't, I don't know when it'll be back. It'll be back. I, I think this is just like their first, it's gotta be just their first round happens. of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's see how long yeah. it sits. Um, and
1: that is my new favorite drink. It it almost tastes like uh, what's on the shelves now with, you know, the the restricted moonshine, almost like an apple pie moonshine.
7: It, it's, yeah, and I haven't had crown apple, but I'm assuming that it's kind of the same, but very, very apple i uh, I'll
1: give him that. What, it says on the what, do, what do you think of that, Blake? It's, I like,
8: and, you know, I mentioned uh, off the air with Andy that, you know, I'm not a big apple person, mm-hmm. Um, and, and this is like, you know, I'm not going to probably take home a bottle, but I could drink this <laughs> you and could do that. enjoy it. Dude, that's yeah. awesome.
1: Yeah. I like it. There we go. All right. Well,
7: we like to get you know we like to get your day started or, <laughs> yeah. or ended. So, I guess I guess uh, you know it's the end of your show and we're getting our day started. It's the end. Of, it's all right. It's the end
1: of my work day. That's right. I can enjoy that. No, I appreciate uh, it. that. Is that is really cool. And those are great drinks, especially for uh, coming up. I mean, obviously the big football game. Just time to kind of get get everything ready for the big parties.
7: Have, you know five. You know if you don't have your beers bought by five o'clock tomorrow, then, then you're not watching the Chiefs game.
1: So, <laughs>
7: but we're open tomorrow noon to eight. Okay. Regular hours, ready to go um game should be on at the at the, at the store if you swing by uh, if you need a half time yeah. go run up where I'm you out need to go replenish hopefully, yeah hopefully kind of restock hopefully catch a little bit hopefully we're all excited and like toasting each other but yeah yeah big day tomorrow
1: absolutely a big uh, day today Sweet. So yeah. yeah big day we got a, we got a few minutes left here about four minutes but any um let's go to Topeka for a second any legislation regarding liquor <laughs> stuff the only one that I've seen at least from mine was the uh restricted areas where people could go out and about publicly and drink from bars not really affecting you guys in the liquor store industry but a little bit of a change there
7: you know I had nothing yet we had a we had a, a zoom meeting yesterday with Debbie Beavers and uh her her group which is the the um uh, abc director and the lawyer just ask some questions some some stores are, some national stores are probably gonna start coming to the state last year we changed residency laws sure. so you don't have to be a resident of the state now to come in and open open a liquor store
1: mm-hmm.
7: um which which opens the door for um for larger chains to come in and open a location they still only have one one liquor license
8: sure
7: um just like we are but uh but it does give them a, a open to come in
8: um, sure. gives them a foot in the door and then you know of yeah. course at, at some point they're going to want to pull on that thread a little bit of like well we've got one store <laughs> right. sure it would be nice to have more stores and yeah. you know so that'll just, be down
7: yeah. the road but it opens the door up for those those. but right now I, I not much happening you know I mean there's big turnover in, in Topeka this year um, and you know Dan Hawkins is our uh, Speak, no, speaker, speaker of the speaker house right yeah now, yep uh, which is good for us uh, we have a good relationship with Dan so that's that's nice to know but right now it's it's a little quiet but our stuff usually comes in a little bit later gets tacked onto something or it yeah. you know it, it takes a little bit for the ball to get rolling but True. something I'm sure will come up and I'll be on your station just going up to, Can you believe this? You know, well, I can't
1: believe that's this what is happening. Yeah. Yeah. Well, at least it, it is quiet right now. I'm curious on if they do end up moving forward with a medical marijuana bill in some way, shape, or form, how that's going to tie into the alcohol industry here.
8: It's our our understanding is that or the ABC that we mentioned, alcohol beverage control, it will be under their purview. Um, mm-hmm. if, if it does uh, does come in. So that'll be, you know, interesting. You know, might not affect us directly, but just with um, them being spread a little bit more thin of having to kind of juggle two different substances, you know, that could affect us somehow. But sure. again, we'll have to see how that shakes out. And, and from what we see in, in
7: other states, is that th- that industry that promotes the the marijuana wants nothing to do with with liquor stores. They they're to, they compete against each other. They're, they're people that are buying for a substance to, to alter their how they feel, um, and they don't want to be sold in the same places. Um, mm-hmm. So I don't think that that'll
1: Just two separate things, so you won't see liquor stores have like a branch, like a you know a door with the marijuana shop over there, and then the uh, liquor over here. Kind of. I'd say no,
7: but maybe in a strip center on one end would be a piece of weed shop, but uh, interesting. um, But it's it's definitely uh, we're we're excited to see what happens. Yeah. Uh, So yeah.
1: How difficult is it to get a new type of liquor into the state? Uh, I know we've talked a little bit about this before, about trying to get approvals, but if a, a brand, a certain beverage that wants to come in here, I mean, what does it take for them to start getting distribution here?
7: They start filling out paperwork with the ABC. Um, really? And they, they go from there. Um, then they'll get scrutinized, and the label might have to say this or say that, or the green's not the right color, or you know, whatever yeah, it that's, is, that's usually just where, the, uh, where the
8: hitches c- kind of come in of just, you know, state to state having different requirements of like, no, you need this mm-hmm. on the label or like, no, we don't want that on the label, uh, which then sometimes we find, you know, a national brand where it's like, well, we can sell it in 48 states. Are we going to put in the effort just to sell it in Kansas? And then that's sometimes where, you know. Uh, it, they get get caught somewhere, and they go, eh, you yeah. know, and that's why sometimes we don't get the fun stuff that other states get. But. And yeah.
7: supply, I mean, it really goes down to some place that that you know is great fulfilling their own state's needs, and they branch out to knowing it's how much can they make, and how and and how can they get it here? I mean, you yeah. it might be something you you know you like in Ohio, and, and it's great, but by the time they ship it here, one pallet, it's it's. A, dollar difference in a bottle cost you're like well i almost had mom and dad send
1: that to me Just send it it when i need it yeah it's kind of that exactly so yeah i love it we got just about a minute left here three locations it's davis liquor outlet get your drinks now before the big game coming up tomorrow and the next couple weeks hopefully we'll see the uh, continuation of the season for the next few weeks but again where can people find you guys locations and of course downloading the app
8: Yeah, yeah, so you can head to uh, Davislicker.com has all our, uh, com. excuse me, has all our locations. Uh, We're at 21st and 13th of Waco, and uh, actually right over here at Kellogg and Tyler. Um, And uh, obviously on the App Store, just look up Outlet. you'll find us, uh, iPhone and Android. Order online, just look at our inventory, so on and so forth. And It's uh, super handy to have, so I encourage everyone to check it out.
1: You guys are all over the place. I love it. Ryan, Blake, Carrie, always appreciate you guys coming in. Uh, happy us. New Year to you. Happy 2023. It's going to be a big one for all of us and excited. We'll get you guys back on for another update soon. Oh, yeah. We'll, we'll do that. Thanks, Andy. Always a pleasure. There it does. We're out of time. We had some lines, calls online. Sorry we didn't get to you again. We'll get to you next week. Stay tuned in for that big one next week. We'll play our interview again with uh, Mike Pompeo, former Secretary of State. We had on the program yesterday, and we'll replay that again on K Candace talk at next weekend among some other great ones roger marshall state senator or u.s senator he'll be joining us live on the show on monday as well until then everybody have a great weekend stay warm with this frigid like arctic freeze or
2: something that's going to happen this weekend until then we'll see you next week this is kansas talk on kqam